Welcome to Prima's 2021 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Lisa Orr will discuss ergonomics and working from home. Lisa is the Senior Human Factors Consultant at Sedgwick. We will also be joined by Prima's Education Coordinator, Taekwon Gilbert. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. We appreciate you joining us today, Lisa. Good morning. So for starters, with all the challenges that the pandemic has brought to us, many of us who worked in a brick and mortar office are finding ourselves working from home, perhaps for the very first time. And what we thought would be a temporary work situation is now becoming more long-term or at times permanent. So with that said, what kinds of working conditions are you seeing among those who are working from home? Well, a good question. And as you can imagine, I've seen all kinds of situations. A lot of people working at their kitchen tables or using chairs that are not meant for long term. I've seen employees using cinder blocks to elevate their keyboards and mice, even situations where there were no chairs at all. Most importantly, I'd like to encourage people, if you are working from home, if you could, try to set up a dedicated space and not, you know, not the floor, not the bed, but like a dedicated space for you to work. And, you know, it's not to say that a kitchen table is necessarily bad, but you just want to make sure that it's working properly for you and it's fitting you, most importantly. If you don't have a spare room to devote to a home office, what alternative would you suggest? Yeah, I'm seeing that quite a bit, especially with people maybe in a small condo and there just isn't a lot of extra space. So if you can, I just say get creative. There could be a closet in one of your rooms with a sliding door that you could transform into a little desk area or perhaps a nook at the top of the stairs or any little place like this you could probably carve out and put a setup in there. But if you find that you really need to set up in a common family area, at least I would say point yourself away from the TV and away from the action, you know, try to help minimize your distractions. And if you need to, you could use headphones to help with some of the noise. And also, if you just need to keep your cell phone away from you to avoid the temptation of social media, those kinds of things would help. And in this regard, I'd say that there's a lot of creative home office furniture solutions that have been popping up. I've been seeing them online all over the place, like smaller desks, that are more appropriate for the home or or desks that can fold up and stow under your bed when you're not using them. Things like that that could be really helpful for you to have a space of your own and yet work in your home environment. Another thing is that it can be hard to be productive right out of the gate in the morning. So what if you find you're missing the commute time you used to have in between getting up and starting your work in the office? Yeah, I hear that from a lot of people. And what I like to tell people first is just find your routine. If you can, set up a similar routine to what you did when you worked from the office. So whatever that looks like for you. Perhaps you showered and drove into the office. Well, if you need to shower and give yourself a little walking time before you step right into the office. Perhaps it's coffee, breakfast, whatever it is for you. Try to keep that same routine and then go to your dedicated space. As an example, I have a friend who was, of course, working from home and schooling her child from home at the same time, and her child was used to walking to school. So what they would do is they'd they'd get up, they'd do their breakfast, and then they'd walk around the block a couple of times and then come back in the house. And that was sort of her walk to school every day. So when someone comes to you with a setup, an office setup that is much less than optimal, or maybe they are even experiencing discomfort, 
how do you advise them? Well, usually what I like to do is suggest that they take a look at what their setup is, how are they positioning things, and can they avoid any awkward postures. There's a lot we can do by getting creative with what they have around in the house already, perhaps, or even finding if you don't have anything that suits the purpose in your house, you might be able to find something inexpensive to help make what you have work. Okay, now let's talk about chairs. What kind of chair do you need to work from home? Ideally, I would like to see something adjustable, but it doesn't have to be. The most important thing is whatever chair that you're using should fit you. So make sure your feet on the floor, make sure your lower back is well supported. If you have an office style chair, take a look underneath. Look at all those levers and buttons underneath and play with them and see if you can adjust the settings to fit you better. If you aren't sure how those work and your chair is recent enough, if you purchased it recently, you might even be able to Google the adjustment instructions online if you can find the make and model of your chair. I do that quite a bit. If you aren't sure of the make and model of your chair, sometimes there can be a tag underneath the chair that will say what it is. So that can be really helpful in terms of figuring out how to adjust your chair. And then just make it work for you. If, for instance, the armrests are bumping into the workstation and they are keeping you from scooting close to your computer, then perhaps could the armrests be removed if you can unfasten them from underneath. And if you have explored all those options and it still doesn't fit you well after you've kind of like looked at all the bells and and whistles, (laughs) then you can always try adding pillows. As an example, if you are under five feet tall, and your chair is way too big, way too deep for you, and it means if you try to sit all the way back into your chair and your feet don't touch the floor, then perhaps you could add a pillow to the backrest to shorten the seat depth, something like that. Or if you find you're not getting enough lower back support, perhaps you could try adding a very small pillow into your low back area. And those are tips and tricks, but then worst case scenario, if you've tried all that, you've tried adding pillows, and you find you just need to purchase a new office chair, another good idea that I've used is trying to find a used office furniture place in your town. Oftentimes you can just Google it, whatever town, just used office furniture. And I've been able to find some really good chairs that way. Oftentimes offices will close out and their furniture was still good. They sell them to places like these and you can go sit in a hundred different chairs and try them all out and find one that works for you at a fraction of the price. So now once the chair is set up, where should you place the keyboard and mouse? Okay, so the rule of thumb in ergonomics is elbow height. You want your keyboard and mouse to be right about your elbow height with your shoulders relaxed and your elbows just hanging comfortably below your shoulders. Now, this could be difficult if you're sitting at your kitchen table or perhaps grandpa's old roll-top desk. A lot of times these are very tall compared to your elbow height. So when you were in the office, I don't know if you remember, but you probably used a keyboard tray, perhaps, the height adjustable, and it would allow you to lower and raise your keyboard and mouse. That's, of course, still an option, but it might not be an option at your kitchen table or whatever desk you're using. It won't fit. If that's the case, the first thing that you could try is perhaps raising up your seat height if it goes up higher and then making sure that you have something to support your feet, like a footrest or a sturdy box. And then oftentimes you can get yourself up where your keyboard's at elbow height that way. If your chair doesn't raise or it doesn't raise high enough or, you know, your leg clearance is is not there underneath the dining room table, then you might try a portable laptop table. 
I've Googled these and they're inexpensive. A lot of times you can find them height adjustable and you could just put it right underneath your kitchen table, a little bit lower than your kitchen table. So your monitors could be up on the table and then your laptop table could serve sort of as a keyboard tray, but it just doesn't have to be attached to anything. Just one word of caution is if you do go this route, just make sure that the table is wide enough to accommodate both your keyboard and your mouse together. You don't want to be in a situation where your keyboard is at the perfect height and then you're reaching up for your mouse. Sounds great. But what should you do if you don't have an external keyboard and mouse and you're just working only a laptop? Yes, yes. Good question. And that's probably the number one problem that I'm seeing is people who are working solely on laptops without any external devices. And as you can imagine, I just told you to put your keyboard at elbow height. And so if you put a laptop at elbow height, that's great for typing, but your screen is really low. And so then if we adjust it so that your screen is at the perfect height, then of course your laptop keyboard would be way too high for you. So it's, it's really an issue. Again, this is the number one thing I'm seeing right now. So if at all possible, what I'd love to encourage you to do is find an external, at a minimum, an external keyboard and a mouse. Perhaps you could go to the company that you work for and see if they have any extra ones they could send you or if they will provide that for you. If they don't, they're really not very expensive to just buy a standard keyboard and a mouse setup. And if you've got that external keyboard and mouse, once you've got that, then you can raise your laptop screen up to a proper height. This right here, just this alone, would really go a long ways toward making your shoulders, your back, your neck posture, all of that feel a lot better. Now, as when it comes to raising your laptops, you could Google a laptop riser or perhaps there's something in your, in your house you could use, you know, a stack of books or something. I know this sounds crazy, but at the beginning of the pandemic, I have a 10-year-old at home and he was, you know, crazy bored. So I had him build me a laptop riser out of Duplo Legos and uh, he had fun and I got a little laptop riser out of it. So, you know, again, you might be able to get creative with something you have from home. Now, if you are lucky enough that you have an external monitor in addition to your laptop, then just make sure that that external monitor is raised so the top of the screen is about eye level. And if you're a person who maybe is using, you were used to dual monitors in the office, two of them, and you're using your laptop screen as a second monitor, then make sure that laptop screen is raised up there too, even if it's a second monitor. If an employee has made as many changes as possible, but perhaps doesn't have the funds or the space to set up a home office, or maybe they would like to just make their existing setup work for just a few more months, what advice will you have for them? Yeah, so that's right. If if the setup is really not optimal and you're just trying to make it work for a little bit and you know it's not the greatest setup, then the most important advice is just to keep moving and keep changing positions. So don't hold that that awkward posture for too long. So if you can, perhaps you could make a temporary standing station at your kitchen counter with your laptop so you could stand up for a bit if your chair is uncomfortable. You could even try using an ironing board. Those are height adjustable and pretty much everybody has one at home just for, you know, just for a break from sitting occasionally. You could even try using a box or a crate or an inverted laundry basket to sort of makeshift a sit-stand station on an existing desk, something like that. Again, the idea, these are not for permanent use, but just something temporary just to give you a break from that seated posture. You might even consider walking around the block if you have a conference call that you need to attend and you're in listen-only mode. 
If you're in listen-only mode, why not get some movement in while you're listening as well? Just you know, grab your cell phone or your headset and um, you can do some walking too. And another reminder that I have is just be sure to take breaks. You know, we always encouraged people to do this when they were working in the office and when we talked about ergonomics in the office. And I think when we come home, sometimes we forget. We don't have those natural interruptions to our day. We don't have somebody walking by and saying, hey, you know, how about that game last night? Or do you want to go get some coffee? You know, some of us may be working from home alone. And so we tend to sit there and we forget about breaks and you might be experiencing longer periods of work. So just, again, make sure that you're taking breaks. And if you're one of those people, you lose track of time when you're working at home, then just settle a reminder on your cell phone or your Outlook to remind you to get up and walk around or take a break. Here's a big question. Do you have any advice for those who might be working at home with children? Yes. (laughs) Yes, that is challenging. (laughs) And I certainly won't claim to have all the answers. Uh, I just have some a little bit of experience for what has been helpful for me. I have nine-year-old and five-year-old boys at home. And so, you know, again, they're pretty little. It's been been challenging. But um, what I found is my most productive time for working is typically in the morning. So a lot of times I take advantage of that and I get up before they can before they get up and I'm in here working and that's when I do my most challenging things, the things that require the most uninterrupted thoughts, things like that. And then once I've gotten a good chunk of my work done before they wake up, then I feel better. I can I can accomplish the smaller tasks or the quicker tasks as needed throughout the day because I've had that nice uninterrupted time. So that's what worked for me. But, you know, if you happen to be the kind of person where evening is more productive for you, and if you have the flexibility to work at later hours, then perhaps you could aim for an earlier bedtime for the kids. Then you get your uninterrupted time in there. So that's what I've been trying to do since my boys have been home. The other thing that I've realized is if they're getting antsy and there's, you know, a lot going on and I'm trying to get work done, a lot of times I can take a break take them outside for some good old physical activity. So we run around the yard, we we get some good play in, get their energy out. We do a really good session of physical activity. And then when we come back in, they're more willing to sit quietly and do a quieter task while I can work. So that's really helped too. And then finally, you know, use your older kids to help your younger kids. That's helped us too. Your older can maybe help with some of the schooling a little bit of the younger kids and they can help keep them occupied for you, you know, things like that. We've been taking advantage of a lot of online classes since the pandemic, you know, cooking classes, all kinds of things. So that's something that's been nice throughout the pandemic. Now, as I just said all of this, I also want to point out one thing that you might not have thought of. We've been talking about setting up a home office ergonomically for us, but just keep in mind that a lot of these principles would apply to your kids as well. They're experiencing a lot more screen time. I know mine are. They're still schooling online right now. So they're on Google Classroom all day. They're on Zoom meetings. They're on Flipgrids. And then adding to that, a lot of like my son's social interaction is also gaming on the PC with his friends. So I keep in mind that all of these principles apply to them as well. So you want to set them up where their keyboard is close and at elbow height and with a comfortable chair and make sure they take lots of breaks and things like that. For those listening who might be in a management role with an employer, what could you do to support your employees who are working from home? 
Good question. If working from home is looking to be a permanent or at least a long-term commitment for your company, then you might investigate whether the company could assist employees in improving their home setups. And that could be many different forms. It could be allowing them to take home some of the equipment that they have in the office, or it could mean that you provide a stipend or a reimbursement to purchase new items for their their home office. But at the very least, you could even maybe allow your employees to purchase items that, you know, perhaps your company has had a relationship with a vendor like Staples or Office Depot or something and that's where you purchased your office supplies for the office. Perhaps you could let your employees purchase things for their home office using that same account and take advantage of the discount that you get from those vendors. Now, just one word of caution, if this is something that you're considering and you are thinking about providing employees with a stipend, like a set amount of money to just you know use however they want to improve their home office, We found that it really works best if you are giving employees some type of guidance or some type of parameters on what they should be ordering with that stipend. So I find that sometimes employees don't even really know what they need or want to look for in features in a home office setup. So, you know, you want to just give them some guidance, make sure they're not purchasing items that are, you know, not appropriate for the long run. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, view upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.